Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Doing status! Woo! Woo! Rich beats. Rich beats. I'm all the fool. Sports Radio, WEEI, it's Christian Arkin, it's Mark Dondero. We're not doing Christmas music anymore, I guess, unless Bugsy the Don, the uh, January 6th uh, rapper, has a Christmas album, which I'm not aware of. I don't think he does. Unfortunately, I don't think they have a studio where he's located right now. Wait a minute, true. I'm looking at the, is this, this isn't Bugsy Malone, is it? No, no, no. Oh, this is no. Bugsy the Don. Bugsy the Don. Bugsy the Don. I'm From his, right. you can turn it off. From his album, uh, The Capital, and you'll see the whole reason we went to jail, he's in jail right now for five months. Because he went to the Capitol on January 6th and sat on top of a police car and lit a blunt and took a picture of it. <laughs> and then got, eventually they were like, hey, that's Bugsy the Don. <laughs> I know him. He's my favorite rapper. And now he's uh, going to be serving five months uh, for, uh, I don't even know, for going inside. Did he go inside? I think he did, right? I think he did as well. I don't think he did any harm, though. He was just scouting the area. Yeah, he's just checking it out, you know. Bugsy was, Bugsy was just there to shoot his music video. He turns around and goes, well, hey, what's everyone doing? <laughs> real name, Antoine Deshaun Broadnax. That's right. Okay. I mean, every every real Bugsy fan knows that. I know. <laughs> right. anyway. so I, I got to get him on my playlist there. Uh, right. 617 uh, 717-779-7937 is the phone number. We've been talking Celtics taking a Patriots break. It is a Patriots Friday. It's also Mark Dondero's birthday. So uh, make sure when you call in, you wish uh, Dondero a happy birthday Appreciate here. Appreciate you. As uh, the Celtics have a game tonight, and they're not playing great either. They have, uh, they've had... A real tough time here since that West Coast road trip. I actually asked Scal about that, uh, Dondero, when we talked to him on Thursday or Wednesday, whenever it was. Yeah. And uh, I said, did the Warriors break the Celtics? And he goes, no, it goes back further than that. It goes back to that second heat game. And I think it may even go back to the first heat game because you remember Butler didn't play in that game. Yep. And neither did Oladipo, I want to say. And they still gave him a tough game until the fourth quarter when the Celtics pulled away. When they played him with Butler and, uh, you know, you saw what happened there. And things were a little iffy after that, but they still showed they could pull away from teams and win. They go out on the West Coast, and that started fine. They kicked the crap out of Phoenix, I want to say. And then after that, it was just, I mean, really eye-opening how out of sync they were. Even in that comeback against the Lakers, I mean, they needed to really come back in that game, and they did. And give Jason Tatum credit for the shot. Sure. The rest of those games, though, I mean, almost every single other one was that Pacers game the other night was horrific. Like this team's this team. I don't want to throw out Jekyll and Hyde yet because I don't think that it's been enough of a sample size to really call him Jekyll here. But like 
this is troubling. It's troubling to see this because other teams aren't just slowing down. Other teams aren't just, you know, downshifting like you are. They're starting to get hot. They're starting to come together. And that big lead that you built, I feel like, is uh, getting smaller by the second. I'm not worried. I'm not concerned. I don't want to act like I'm panicking. Okay. I see what you're saying. It is troubling. I'll tell you what pissed me off. Okay, and this was early, and it doesn't even matter, and I understand that the Cleveland Cavaliers, it was basically their Super Bowl. But when you lost two straight games to Cleveland early on, that mm-hmm. annoyed me. Yeah. Like, don't do that. You know, I understand like the that only team is, that could beat them. But yeah. You were just in the finals. I get all those things, and it was a huge game for Cleveland. Bigger than the than it was for you. Yep. But don't lose two in a row. I mean, you, you assert your dominance. Even the game, even when they were playing Miami. Like, don't lose that game. If you're that good, you should beat Miami was 500. Yep. Don't Lose that second game with Butler in there. Show that you're the team that you your record says you are and win that game. I don't know if that was where they went wrong, like Scal was saying. I mean, he knows more than me. I'm just He saying. said that's when he first noticed okay. that, that things were cracking a little bit. Yeah. I, I just think that, that that was an annoying loss to me because yeah. they were so dominant at the time. Just because Jimmy Butler comes back, you morph back into what you did in the, in the Eastern Conference Finals, which they won, by the way. Yep. I just don't want to see. I want to see them take a step away from some of the struggles they had last year. Recently, and highlighted by that Warriors game, they've they've you know they've had some of those same struggles, especially when it comes to at the end of games. Mm-hmm. And they've always, other than LA, they've been bad in in those situations where the clock is winding down and you have to have a shot. Which in the playoffs, if you're playing good teams, you're gonna be in those situations. Yeah. You've got to get better in those situations. But big picture, there's still an awesome roster, an awesome team, camaraderie, chemistry, all those things. I'm not concerned. I just don't know if they're as good as, you know, forty two point win over Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I think that's the expectations for them again, and they have to, you know, treat every game like it's important. But there are expectations this year that they've never had before, and that's an important factor to consider here. Uh, Michael is in Framingham, who has a thought on Tatum in his uh, past weekend. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah, hi. You know, I called the other day and I made a point that they have defensive liabilities on the perimeter; they're not making offensive adjustments. But the biggest issue is that the coach does not have the gravitas, does not have the personality, does not have the skills to pull them together. And when Tatum the other day took the Sunday game off versus Orlando, he played Friday, he took Sunday off to go to his son's birthday party. You don't think that's going to cost ascension on the team when they're starting to struggle he could have had a birthday party on a Saturday. They knew the game's on the schedule. Michael, sorry to guess- sorry to cut you off here, but the birthday party was on Saturday. The birthday party was Saturday, okay. and then he had a scheduled day off on Sunday, just to, to correct the record here. Well, I, I find it hard to believe that. That may be true, but you tell me why he doesn't play on Saturday then. There's no game. And then on Sunday, it's a scheduled day off. Yes. I, I, you know, I think, I think if I'm the team, I'm a little bit annoyed that their leader, their best player on the team, is not playing on Sunday. But the biggest issue is the coach doesn't have the personal skills to tell the players, to coach the players, to bring them together, to make to, to make give direction. Okay. I think they're going right downhill. All right, thanks for the call, Michael. Ralph is in Cranston. He has a similar thought. Go ahead, Ralph. Hey, guys. Happy birthday, Mark. Appreciate um, you, Ralph. You know, it's funny because they, I mean, they're not playing well. They're not moving well without the ball. They're not hitting the offensive glass. But I think now um, what people were concerned about when they picked Joe Mazzola, who I love this kid. He's a really, really nice kid. They don't have well, Ralph, that. Ralph and Cranston obviously loves Joe kid. Mazzola. <laughs> keep going. I Sorry, him, Ralph. I really no, do. no, no. I, he's a good. Keep I going. My fault. His father. 
I, I played with his father. I love, you know, his father, God rest his soul. I feel so bad because he'd love to see his son right now. You know, he's looking down at him. But, you know, the funny thing is that maybe uh, they miss Adoka now for the first time, that experienced guy, that little tougher guy that's going to say, this is how it's done. Even you notice sometimes in, in, in timeouts, they're really talking to themselves. I mean, you know, Coach Missoula is standing Timeouts? They never calls timeouts. <laughs> Missoula never called yeah, a timeout. Yeah, well, it was a 45-3 run with the Lakers. And thanks for the call, Ralph. There's a 45 to three run. He just stood there. He stood there like a statue or like one of those, uh, you know, like that guy who was getting yelled at by the lady at the Vegas game who's <laughs> going to be sitting with Robert Kraft. That's Joe Missoula at every game. He just stands there, arms folded, doesn't call timeout, doesn't do anything, which I understand there's a strategy behind that. Let them figure it out. I don't need to show them up. Like, they know they're playing poorly. They can figure it out. They're, they're adults. But it also sort of points to a lack of a plan B, you know, like, well, okay, this isn't working. What do we do next? And now they've lost five out of their last six. You know, they've lost the good teams and bad teams. They lost to Orlando twice in one weekend. Like, things are not great right now. And I wonder if uh, the coach, if Missoula has the creativity uh, to adjust to this. You know, so as a coach, I, does he have that cre- – can he can he figure out how to adjust? I think Joe Missoula has done a very good job. I'm not getting on Joe Missoula. But if I were to get on Joe Missoula, I could say – I'm not saying this, but I could say, hey, not calling timeout allows you to guess what? Not have to coach. When you call timeout in those situations, you got to bring the team in and say something mm-hmm. and, and come up with either a change or an adjustment that's going to turn around what's going on. If you don't call timeout, you don't have to do that. I don't have a problem with it. I know this is the first real adversity they've faced, and Joe Missoula has certainly built up enough equity early on in the season to allow us to say, hey, let's see how he does and how he gets uh, the team out of this funk. And I'm going to be patient with him. But, yeah, you, you know, it's just such a long year. They were going to go into these funks. I'm looking for trends, and I've seen a couple that it starts with Tatum. Yeah, you know, it start. He's the best player. I need to see things with Jason Tatum that show me he's not going to disappear in the biggest series of the season. Yeah. you know, I, that's what happened in the finals. He wasn't good. That's why they lost. So if there that are seems in- like one of the I'm sorry to interrupt. This is no. one of the only things that really scares me about the Celtics that like really deep down like has me worried about him is that Tatum's like a big game choker. Like, if that's true about him, and maybe it's not. It was the first time he's ever played in the finals, but, God, he didn't have one good game in those finals. If he's that if he's that kind of guy, and there's guys like that. Yeah. There's guys who are great in the regular season and even good in the playoffs to get to the finals, and they cannot do it. Some of the all-time greatest players in other sports, Ted Williams couldn't hit in the playoffs. Like, it's not just, it's not like a rare thing either, you know? There's a lot of, there's a lot of athletes you can say this about, and a lot of athletes, it's the exact opposite. They're not even that great in the regular season. They get to the playoffs in the big games, and that's the time they really shine. I wonder about that with Jason Tatum. I do, because that's the first time we've seen him in the finals. He'd never been before, and I was just such a bad show. I mean, it was... It sort of started yeah. in the Heat series. Yeah. So I, I don't know why... He's not a big-game choker, because he was able to do it in the... He, in the in the Bucks series, he was everything you wanted him to be. Everything that you could have hoped for in game mm-hmm. six. He had how many points. He was hitting shots in Giannis's eye, fourth quarter. He can do it. It was just inexplicable what happened in the finals. I don't know if it was an injury. I don't know if it was a mentality. He was a different dude. Yeah. He was not taking those shots that he took against the Bucs, and I don't know what happened. So if you're worried that that mysterious funk or that inexplicable whatever personality or whatever he does comes over him at the wrong time, I think that's warranted. I, I like to see 
steps be taken that's, that's going to prove to me that that is not going to happen. But I can't sit here and guarantee that, even though they had a great start to the season. And that's why I'm worried about all these three-point shots. You can't be that team. You have to be more than just a three-point team because if, you do, if they dry up, you're screwed. Do you did you feel a type of way about Tatum and the birthday party? Is that something that crossed your radar at all? Um, you know, listen, if you no, because if it, the, the NBA the party is, was on Saturday, yeah, the NBA they he didn't many, skip the game to play, go to the party. I mean, like Kawhi, that's a big detail that I feel that, like a lot of people missed. Thing. First it's of all, a huge but yeah. thing, and you know, the NBA, how many guys are are the load management guys? You know, like Kawhi Leonard is like the biggest load management right. guy out there, and He's the league came out and said you yeah. can't call it that anymore, so they called Whatever. it a personal day, yeah. and now everyone's like, well, he went to a birthday party. What's that supposed to mean? I mean don't that, forget the minutes that. Uh, Tatum's been playing. He's played like a thousand more minutes. So it's like, I think he's entitled to a day off. 100% right about that, too. Him and Tatum, uh, excuse me, him and Brown are playing a ton of minutes. Tatum's playing the most in the the league. Not only that, and we've, uh, people have been writing about this, the minutes and how many times have you seen and people giving Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum props because they're superstars, but they're willing to set screens and they're getting there and doing some of the dirty work. Like that puts your body through a little bit of a, you know, the rigor a little bit. So, if that's the case and he has to have a personal day, I don't care. Do what's best for the team. If you Tatum's playing 37 minutes a game. Yeah. That's more than Luka. That's more than Durant. That's more than LeBron. That's more than, like, that's more than everybody. It's the most in the league. Fred Van Vliet is also playing 37 minutes. That's weird. <laughs> like, Van Vliet, got to keep him out there. They must not be uh, deep at the guard position in Toronto, I guess. But, uh, yeah, that's it. That's tops in the NBA. Let, let me just say this, Christian, because this is really what's bothered me this year at times. There have been situations where they have been playing in games against good teams where it's close down the stretch, and I have had whether they were down two, and this goes back to what I was saying about the end of the game situations where you yeah. have to have it. In those scenarios this year, at times, I have had zero, zero confidence that they were going to find a way to win the game. Zero. Mm. They did it in the L.A. against the Lakers. Credit to them. More often than not this year, not a little confidence, not I didn't feel great about it. Zero. And and a lot of times, it's ended up a disaster. Even some games, Jalen Brown, who was the game they hit the bank shot, the ridiculous three? Jaylen? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jalen Brown. Oh, to, uh, to, and then they, the then they lost the in overtime. They, 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 yeah. they should never, yeah. that, that yeah. game, they it was that Friday night even, game, yeah. Shouldn't even have been in overtime. <laughs> shouldn't even have made it to overtime. Great shot, mm-hmm. but that was a disastrous possession. He chucked that up with five seconds to go. I think that was the game that Scal was referencing where he yeah. said, like, they fell off. Because they forced it to overtime, and then Jimmy Butler just kept making bucket after bucket. But I'm just saying that was a disaster in terms of down the stretch and execution, and I don't feel great about them in those spots. And in the playoffs, you're going to have those games, and I want them to be better. I, Jason Tatum should never be in those moments the fifth best player on the floor. Yeah, Too many times he was. In that game, it was Butler, it was Adebayo, it was Jalen Brown, it was Grant Williams. Then it was Tatum. Yeah, that, that, He's too good to be that low on the list in those situations. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see more Lakers efforts like he did in that game. Yeah. And in terms of the Celtics, when it comes to those crunch time moments, Marcus Smart has been their best player in those moments. Oh, look yeah, at the right. Thunder game and then look back at the Lakers game too. They, Marcus Smart carried the load scoring in both. Yeah. yeah. That game I'm talking about, it was Miami or whatever, the guy I was secretly subconsciously rooting for to take the last shot was Grant Williams. He had it going that night. He has a little off the dribble shot. I can't believe I'm saying it. Yuck. But he, I mean... That night, I did not feel good about Tatum. Brown had missed some things. I don't know what to tell you, but I want Tatum, I want Tatum to be the best player more often in those late-game situations. All right, let's talk to Paul and Swansea before the break. Go ahead, Paul. Hey, how you guys doing? Good, Paul. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I got to be honest. I'm a, I'm a little confused. So 
we have, I, I don't know if you guys like watch like the last three weeks, but we have the best team in basketball. We do. Like every team hits. Have you watched the, the last seven games? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were on a West Coast road trip, so if you look at any how'd that, team that road trip go? East Coast, yeah, I know, but that's what I'm trying to explain. So how did every West Coast trip go for any team? Milwaukee. How did Milwaukee do? They didn't do good, right? Yeah. So it's so it's Milwaukee. Milwaukee no, just so, left frogged so, you in the standings. And, and by the way, Paul, you came back and lost yeah. twice in one weekend to Orlando. Yeah. Yeah, so so yeah, yeah. So just let me finish. So so okay. you come back, right? And then you play. You play. There's not really like a, a tough like. Hey, we have a couple of games off. So like, I want to see how they do after this. I, I get what you're saying. They are struggling, but every team in the NBA struggles at this point. If you guys remember, Milwaukee started off the year on fire, and then we caught them and we passed them, and they started. All right. Struggling. So Paul, are the Celtics so, the best team in the NBA, or are they just like every other team who struggles? It's got to be one or the other. It can't be both. Well. Well, so would you think they, they weren't, they're not going to lose? They're not going to have a bad stretch? Of course, they are having a bad stretch right that? now. Oh, okay. So so, so if this is their bad stretch and they win 60 games this year, they're, they're not a good team? What the hell? No one said they're not a good team. Oh, no one said, ever said I, they're not a good team. We just said I'm not worried. I just said I'm not worried. I'm just looking at things that have been concerning, and they put some stuff out there that's concerning. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's it. I mean, I, no one's giving up on the team or saying that they suck or they're going to miss the playoffs or anything like that. They're going to be in the play-in tournament. No one's going there. But this is a troubling stretch that they're on right now, including that West Coast road trip and, and including since they got back home. Let's not forget, you know, nice job. They got to the finals last year. They've They've won nothing. And we're, I feel like we're treating them like they've ac- accomplished some stuff here. They don't have championship medal. They've no. never won a championship. So no. until they do that, you can't act like they have. Uh, 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Uh, we'll continue with your Celtics phone calls. And uh, there's some odds out on Mac Jones and his future on Bet Online. Uh, Christopher Price tweeted them out yesterday. We're going to get to him yesterday, pushed them off to today, and I'm glad we did because they're, uh, they're eye-opening. We'll get to that next. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. He's What is it? This is 2,000 Miles by The Pretenders. It was actually a recommendation from the Twitch chat. By The Pretenders? Yes. It's a Christmas song. Yep. Not familiar. I've never heard it either. I I, I asked the Twitchers for some uh, advice, and they they helped me out a little bit. Did they? Did they they really? Uh, maybe not. Something. Maybe not necessarily on that one. Hi but. to our friends on the Twitch chat. Hello, uh, we uh, we appreciate you uh, rocking with us here today. It is uh, the day, but it's Festivus, by the way. Happy Festivus, everybody. Do you know that reference, Dundera? No. 
What's that one? This guy. What's that one? Festivus from Seinfeld. Seinfeld. I, I never watched Seinfeld. Unbelievable. I just told you I was a home. Never movie. seen the. Never seen the. Were you like homeschooled or something? No. No. <laughs> no. I just. Uh, you're, you're going after everything I've never seen. <laughs> I've never seen Seinfeld. Like, I never. I, you I've never heard anybody. Seinfeld. You never heard anyone I reference seen Seinfeld either. We're good, Don Darrow. You're going to go to the you? age again. I know. You're going to go to the I'm age 25. again. 25. I'm of the age where I should have watched Seinfeld, yeah. but I just, I don't know. I didn't watch it. I've heard of it. I've never seen it. I I, I mean. You've never seen it? No, I've never seen it. I've heard of it, though. Crying you're a baby, Terp. You shouldn't see that. Yeah, I guess. I know. You guys back there, I mean, you know. We're talking, we're talking children back there. Terp especially. I mean, Terp's like basically a teenager still. Uh, but Dondero, I can't. <laughs> I know, I'm letting you down in every way possible. Every, every reference, except for Inspector Gadget. No, nah, you know what? And by the way, I was <laughs> thinking about this. Right. I was thinking about this. Another show I used to watch, really, 24 was a big show. I love 24. Okay. I love 24. So that was a good show. Well, for I used so, to, my friends and I would get together. We called it the Jack Bauer Power Hour. Excellent. My so favorite, one of my favorites. 24 references, I'm on board. I got you. Okay. Um, there I are just, a lot of references to 24 that you can make? Like, not really. No. Damn it, Audrey. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think that... Who are you working for? I, I should... I, sh- I mean, listen... Seinfeld office, like if you want to get on me for that, I I can take it. Listen, like, they're the fine. two most basic yeah. bitch no, shows it's in the fine. entire world. Everybody quotes them all the time. I'm not like I'm not you know. It's it's cooler that you haven't seen them than it is that I'm quoting them. Let me put it to you that way. The fact that you're one of these like counterculture people who's never really watched either of them and is like I don't know about those references. Yeah, like, that, that's cooler than me uh, throwing them out. No, there. I mean I'm, I'm just pandering to my base. That's all I'm doing. Fine, that's fine. <laughs> I I should have watched some of those things and should understand some of those references. But at the end of the day, I don't really care that I don't. Understand. Understand those references. So for anybody who's listening that doesn't know what Festivus is, Festivus is a uh, fake holiday made up by George Costanza's father, uh, played by the late, great Jerry Stiller. And um, it's a uh, it's the day before Christmas Eve, and uh, there's feats of strength, and everyone sits around a table and has the airing of grievances, which is something that Gresh has. Gresh does a Festivus bit, I think. I think he did it yesterday. Or the yeah, they before. did it yesterday. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's the airing of grievances, and he says, I have a lot of problem with you people, and now you're going to hear about it. And they just, you know, that's what Festivus is. And uh, it's become like this thing now, you know. This is what people used to watch the show. I did watch for a time King of Queens, featuring uh, Jerry Stiller's father. Yeah, oh, right. Ben yeah. James, I love that on that show. Or Ben um, Stiller's father, Jerry, St- whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That's the guy using that show. I didn't love that show. It was good. It I was wasn't okay. a fan of that show either. It was okay. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. If you'd like to call in and. Uh, Reference a show that Mark Dondero has not seen. But I did remember the wife in that show was uh, was one of the babes on uh, Saved by the Bell for a hot minute. Yeah, Stacy Caro- uh, Pelosi. No, Thank you. Not Pelosi. Stacy Carosi. Thank you. So you watch Saved by the Bell? Yeah. Ah, all right. Okay. See, now we're making progress. Yeah, all right. We're making some progress here. Um, the uh, state of Massachusetts has legalized gambling. We all know that. Yes! It's about time! It's about time. About time he did that, Massachusetts. A lot of red tape, a lot of uh, palms greased and all that. But they finally got their head out of their ass and have, uh, and have legalized gambling here in the Commonwealth. Um, thank you. It sounded like a bunch of children cheering for that, which is weird, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Chris Price uh, tweeted out some odds yesterday. It's gambling. Gambling's legal. Let's talk about some betting odds. Here's some betting odds from BetOnline AG. Will Mac Jones get benched at any point this season? Yes is plus 200, two to one odds. No is minus 300. Will Mac Jones be the starter for the Patriots for game one of next season? Yes, minus 150. No is plus 110. Hmm. What do you think's more likely? I can tell you what Vegas thinks is more likely. Mark, what do you think's more likely? Okay. That Mac gets benched this year or that he's not the quarterback 
opening night of next year? More likely. Which one of those two scenarios is more likely if you think either one of them is at all likely, period? That he gets benched this year. Okay. So you think he'll be the quarterback opening night next year, no matter what happens in these next three years? I do. Even if it's really bad? I think he'll be the quarterback, starting quarterback next year. Do you think there's anything that could happen in these next three games that would dissuade you from that? I mean, you never say never, but no, I don't see that happening. I think I think he will get benched, and I still think you think he he's going to get benched. I think he's going to get benched, and so yet, it'll be bad enough to bench him, yes. but not to cut ties completely. Yes. Is where you are. Yes. Okay, I think he's going to get benched. I think they're going to go. I think Belichick or whatever. Maybe it's more Matt Patricia has some y- internal yearning to see Bailey Zappi. Right. I think they're going to go to him, and they will bench Mac. But I don't. He's under contract, and I don't think. Zappy is much of anything, or he's going to explode onto the scene. And I think ultimately they're going to see that they don't. They're not going to go out and get somebody good enough to replace Mac, and he'll end up the starter at least for the beginning of next year. Okay. So I see. I'm, I'm looking up right now just because I haven't really thought about this much. Who uh, the upcoming free agent quarterback class looks like? Oh God, it's not great. No, it's not it's great. Ne- you're never going to figure it out. That at the way. head of the class is 45 year old Tom Brady. <laughs> After that, you got Baker, uh, Baker Mayfield, who is really uh, in L.A. kind of toiling around. Sam Darnold, who was Baker Mayfield's <laughs> teammate briefly. Uh, Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Could be something. Okay. Okay. They ain't never seen this cam. It's not funny. Uh, you're right, though. They had never seen that cam. No one had ever seen that cam before. It was the worst cam of all time. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, no thanks. Daniel Jones with the Giants, but I think they'll probably take care of him. Uh, Case Keenum, Mason Rudolph, Jacoby Brissett, Geno Smith, uh, Joe Flacco, Andy Dalton, Mike White, C.J. Beathard, uh, Haneke. Oh, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Could be something there. Um, okay, so maybe it's not as bad as I thought. It's not great, but it's not... The pits. Some names in there that I sort of look at. Lamar Jackson is an easy one, but, I mean, that's going to cost a lot of money that I'm not sure the Patriots are going to be willing to spend. Um, I would like if they brought in Lamar Jackson. I would be okay with them bringing in Geno Smith with the year he's had. And Jimmy Garoppolo's got to be a name that's still on the radar. It's got to be because you know they don't want him there in San Francisco anymore. Yeah. And you know that Bill still likes him. And you know that he's probably right now today, considering the season he was having up until he got hurt, better than Mac Jones. Who would they have a better chance of winning with, Jimmy Garoppolo or Tom Brady? If they brought uh, one of those guys in next year. Jeez. Winning with. Not who would you rather have. Um, I got to say Brady, but I don't feel great about it. Right? I, like I, You I, have to say Brady there, but I don't feel good see, about I, it. I like, think yeah. Garoppolo. You think so? And I don't feel good about that. I just, yeah. I don't know. I, Brady, the year this year, he comes back. I would love to see Brady come back. I'd love the story. I think it'd be entertaining. I don't think they'd win a lot. I mean, especially with the weapons. But it would be theater that I'd be in for. But winning, I don't know. I think it'd be. be I think Jimmy Garoppolo would be if he was healthy. That's mm-hmm. the problem. The guy can't stay healthy. That's true. I don't want Geno Smith. Um, not I even wouldn't have ever Gino thought about that either. But Geno Smith's killing it this year. Yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> what a career! What a weird career. Pro Bowler, right? Is a Pro Bowler in the NFC. Pro Bowler. Him and Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, and uh, the one really good one, Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts who's actually having a really good year. And Cousins is having a good year too. But like, yeah, but he sucks. You give him a bunch of great receivers. Yeah. Eventually, you know, blind squirrel's going to find nope. the nut there. But uh, yeah, um, interesting. Interesting how that's sort of getting looked at by Vegas right now. And I understand they're trying to get action, and uh, people don't really think it's going to happen. But you look at that plus two hundred about getting benched this year. That doesn't. That's worth a little sprinkle, isn't it? Like. Plus 200 to get benched at any point this season? 
I think it's going to happen. Be a nice, I think it's going to nice happen. Nice dinner at Legal Seafood. Especially if you consider the <laughs> fact that, one, yeah. that they are losing. If they lose the game to the Bengals, then you get into a situation where the game's really, I mean, why? If they struggle like they've been struggling and they lose to Cincinnati, that play is definitely up. Uh, that, that could absolutely happen. But yeah. you know the phrasing is going to be like, oh, we're going to shut down Mac instead of him getting benched. Well, when essentially that's what it's going to be. You win the bet. Yeah, it still counts, though. Yeah, it still counts. Um, unless they do a fake injury or something. By the way, did you see Limpgate the other day? We never really talked about it. I did this see yesterday. that. Did you guys In see Limpgate? You know what that Limpgate. is? Limpgate. You know what I'm talking about? No. So yesterday, or two days ago, I guess maybe, um, Mike Cadlick from CLNS Media said he tweeted out, Mac Jones has a noticeable limp in the locker room. Okay. And the people saw it and said, holy crap, Mac's limping around. What happened? When did he get hurt? What play was it on? Is he really hurt? Are they just going to bench him and this is how they're going to cover it? Yeah. Like, there's all these like theories flying around. And then uh, I forget it was Mark Daniels, I think, tweets out, no limp, not limping. He's fine. There's no limp. And then a couple other, you know, Chris Mason, a couple other people were like, yeah, I don't see a limp either. And then there was a video of uh, of Mac walking to the podium, but it was only like two steps. Like he opens the door, one, two step, and he's up on the podium. And they're like, no, he's not. It was like the dress, you know, like you see what you want to see. Yeah. <laughs> is the dress blue? Is it gold? Is he limping? Is he not limping? <laughs> it was really sort of hard to say. Yeah. And uh, the uh, the I think the conclusion was he wasn't limping. I didn't see. It didn't look like he was limping. And I like Mike Cadlick, but I trust Mason and Daniels and those guys maybe a little bit more because they, you know, spent a little bit more time there. And, uh, you know, I just they're reporters who I've read more of, so I trust them a little bit more. But uh, that was that was sort of an interesting thing yesterday or two days ago, whenever it was. Yeah, they've sucked, and whether or not he was limping or not doesn't have any impact on how they're going to do against Cincinnati. I think they need to figure out, like, what I would love to know what their direction is. Or I know they're trying to be, we're going to just try to beat Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. But is that, I mean, especially when you hear Mike Giardi, it was not the atypical week in Foxborough. Right. I really wonder what they are focused on trying to accomplish this week outside of just simply beating Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Like, trying to change plays, their philosophy. I mean, if they do that, it works. I Again, why didn't we try that earlier? Why are we doing that now? Now, it's not too late mathematically. Right. Great. But if that was the case, why didn't you try that earlier? And why are we just having this, this intervention now? It doesn't make any sense to me, and that is madness and maddening, and it just further uh, emphasizes the frustrations about the coaching staff and Bill Belichick specifically. Yeah, it certainly does. Uh, Charles Robinson writes for Yahoo Sports. He's an NFL writer that I really enjoy, especially when he's writing about the Patriots. I feel like he cuts through all the bullcrap very well. And uh, he had an article up the other day, and it's entitled this. Uh, it's time for Robert Kraft to treat Bill Belichick the way Belichick treats his players. Now, this is not an original concept for a column. All right, I've seen yeah. this before. Yeah. I've seen people have this take before, and it's not, it's not like the first time anyone's ever said this. But he does do a nice job of sort of cutting through this and getting uh, and getting to the meat of this, and this is why I like Robinson. He's one of my uh, one of my favorites here. Um, he writes this. Uh, for years, decades, the uh, ethos of Bill Belichick guiding the Patriots has been impenetrable. Do what's best for the team. Along with do your job, he embraced the principle through nearly every decision that's come to define the franchise. Uh, he reiterates it in corporate speaking engagements, repeats it so often in news conference, the clips of him saying it uh, can be found in nearly every single year of his Patriots reign. Um, the team's future mattered. When it came to difficult decisions, many dynasty-building names didn't. Uh, Lawyer Malloy, Ty Law, Dion Branch, Asante Samuel, Richard Seymour, Randy Moss, Logan Mangans, etc. Uh, in the long term, in the end, long term success or failure would never be wagered on one man. And for decades, Bill Belichick was right. 
Then came Matt Patricia in the 2022 season, the moment when Belichick's incorruptible doctrine of what's best for the team was blindsided by his own hubris. That was nicely written. Uh, Somewhere at the intersection of failing to have a plan for Josh McDaniel's departure as OC and overestimating his own ability to continually fit a square peg into a round hole, Belichick violated his credo, failed to do what was best for the team, choosing audacity over logic and a coaching friend over a much-needed young quarterback. Um, he goes on to say that Robert Kraft should be taking note. His team is nearing an offseason where it's time for him to start treating Belichick the way Belichick has treated his players for decades. That's where the coach's playbook should be on the owner's list. Do your job. Do what's best for the team. In short, Belichick must tell Patricia that he's being stripped of offensive play calling duties and the head coach must find a tested OC to take control of the scheme and guide Mac Jones because what's happening this season has gone from unacceptable to malpractice. I agree with every single word of that. I really do. I don't know how you can't. And the way he sort of phrases it, it's it's it, what needs to happen. But I also said, think... Beautifully written, beautifully worded, everything is right. Yeah. The only problem is if Robert Kraft tells Bill Belichick, Bill, you have to hire a real offensive coordinator, not one of your friends, not one of your you know kids, someone that really knows what he's doing, we're all going to be in on, on this decision, and it's not just Bill's decision, that might be when 71-year-old Bill Belichick says, you know what, bleep you, I'm out of here, I, I'll go beat Shula's record somewhere else. And that is why it is more complicated than you know we've been talking about in terms of it's not just, hey, this is what's best, do this. It's just not that simple. Mm-hmm. You've got Belichick, you've got relationships to consider, you've got the Kraft-Belichick dynamic, what that would mean for the legacy, what the fan base is going to think. you got Robert Kraft, who last year, what was that, at the owners' meetings, talking about how he thinks about a lot, how the Patriots haven't won a playoff game right. since Tom Brady. Well, are you just saying that because that's what the fans want to hear, or is that really what you're thinking and you're going to actually make a move? You can say these things, again, it, big change. That is what they have earned after this poor performance this year, and we'll see how it finishes up. And they still have some time. I get that. But if it continues to go the wrong way, big, sweeping change is necessary. That would qualify. Bill, we are going to hire a real offensive coordinator. We're going to go out. I can't tell you how many times, and I know I don't want to harp on this, but I'll never forget, I've thought about this, especially back in the days where the Patriots' offense was not, or check that, their defense. Remember the mid 2010, 11, yeah, like their yeah, yeah. defense wasn't when they great. Had a bad secondary yeah. before Revis. Yeah, I I'll never men forget don't one year. Right, <laughs> the uh, the Texans had an awful defense, awful defense, and they were uh, they were losing games to Mark Sanchez because he would drive down the field and throw it all over the yard. Then they went out and they hired a guy named Wade Phillips, and immediately they were top ten. Mm-hmm. They were like the best pass defense the next year. At this stage. That is what the Patriots needed. Yeah. A guy that could come in, he was proven, he fit this, whatever. maybe Bill hasn't worked with him, but he could come in and boom, make a change and turn around this thing on a dime. Not elevate some friend who's been on the, the whatever, the 15K a year club or whatever they call it. Right. He's worked his way up. And I, I appreciate, you know, some of those things that he does and the, the consistency and loyalty, but you got to get somebody now that knows what the hell's going on and this has gone so sideways, that's what you need to do. He's never been willing to do that. That would be big change that I'd be looking for, something like that. Yeah, and I just wonder if that's even something that's on his radar, if that's something he'd even consider. The the up top, you know, the, the crafts telling him, listen, you have to, it's not a player we want you to get. We want you to hire the coach that we're going to pick. Like, that's 
that's a big thing to tell Bill Belichick at this stage of his career. Do you think Matt Patricia is the guy calling the plays for this team next season? I hope not. Do you think he is? I think he probably will be, but I hope not. I don't think he will be. No? I think Bill Belichick... I'll tell you what, no one's going to steal him away to be a head coach. No, it's not going to happen. I don't <laughs> no, think... The no team's going to be like, oh, we need this guy. <laughs> I, I don't know how Bill Belichick could go back to that well. Yeah. I don't have a lot of confidence, but I have to think he... Of course he's not going to get fired. Of course they're not going to go out and get a guy that I'd want, but... I do think he will be reassigned within the organization, and he will not call plays next year. All right. It'll be one- Joe Judge. Yeah, well, that's great. 617-779-7937. That's your phone number. Quick break. Uh, when we come back, we have a little bit more here on the um, on some blow-ups, maybe, that uh, that Mac Jones has had and some reactions to them that may be just a little touch hypocritical on the, uh, on the part of a one Julian Edelman. We'll get to all that next. Take a look at the play and let me hear your thoughts about this play. First of all, you always discuss this, but I don't know what he's trying to do without going out. But look at Mac Jones just sit down. I've never saw a grown man sit down like that. Quarterback. I'm, I'm talking about seriously. Feel. Well, wait, what? Never put the quarterbacks in an athlete category. Look, he's down and he gets a man sits down. <laughs> oh, well, I agree. You got to trip to what I'm saying. Just listen to what I'm saying. He's down the line. You know, you know, say that again. You got to trip him. You got to the last line of defense. You don't practice it. At, at worst. Bill Belichick, you know Bill Belichick had a lot of quarterbacks. <laughs> you know what he also does? He doesn't practice all the, the antics after plays and waving off coaches and all these yeah. little, you know, pissy, like, faces and stuff. Like, he doesn't practice that and he does it. Why can't you make the Let me, let me say this. Let me bad. say this, Brandon, here. WEEI, Christian Arkan, Mark Dondero here with you, taking you up until 6 o'clock. That's a cut that's gone around a lot here the last uh, 48 hours. Julian Edelman on Inside the NFL with Ray Lewis, uh, JB, Phil Sims, and Brandon Marshall, I think, is the last guy on the show. Yes. Yeah. And um, he, uh, they're all just piling on Mac for getting steamrolled by Chandler Jones. And uh, you heard Edelman there with uh, you have to trip him or something. He doesn't practice all the antics after plays, waving off coaches, all those uh, faces. He doesn't practice that, and he still does it. Um, I thought Edelman was uh, a little I, – I don't know. I didn't love that from Edelman, first of all, because I always thought he was a pretty passionate player. Um, as far as waving off coaches and things like that, though, this was uh, Justin Turpin's find, and he put it in our uh, he put it in our, our group text here today. A uh, little hypocritical, maybe, on the part of Julian Edelman, because Tommy Curran relayed a story. Well, why don't you just go ahead and play it? With Joe Judge again, I got to know Hold on him. A wait, 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 first... stop it real quick. This is from April. He's talking with Andrew. Ka- I didn't set this up well. This is from April. He's talking with uh, Andrew Callahan on the Pat's Interference podcast. With Joe Judge again. I got to know him in his first go-round here, and he's not a, first of all, the constant disclaimer, like him, had great conversations with him, certainly would respect his football mind, his acumen, and I'm not surprised he got a crack at a a head job because of the cut of his jib. (sighs) But he coached wide receivers, and during that season, I was told that there were wide receivers who were unhappy with the coaching they were getting to the point where they felt as if Joe Judge didn't know more than them. Mm. And there were blow-ups at practice, or at least one that I know of, in which a receiver said, you don't know what you're talking about. Not what you're looking for. Yeah, not what you're looking for. That was uh, 2019 when he was special teams coordinator and wide receivers coach. Now, in 2019... Patriots didn't have a lot of great wide receivers on that team, except for one who uh, blew his knee out, and I think that was his last season, but Julian Edelman. Um, he led the team in yards with like 1,100, 
And then after that, there was a sharp drop off. Then it was like James White. And then I think it was like Philip Dorsett. Yes, Philip Dorsett was third. Yeah. So, you know, you're talking about a uh, wide receiver room that probably didn't have a lot of guys in it that would step to their wide receiver coach like that, except for maybe, I don't know, the one who was the Super Bowl MVP. And let's be and, honest, uh, Tommy Curran has as good of a relationship with Julian Edelman as anybody any in the media. So. And you got to think that that was probably you would think so. Yeah. So I guess the main thing here is that Julian Edelman's kind of getting on Mac Jones for being demonstrative and maybe talking back to the coaches when Edelman was doing probably something very similar to that in 2019. The major difference, though, is what I just said, the resumes. You know, you're talking about Mac Jones, who has a resume of nothing, and Julian Edelman, who is a great champion for this team. So, I mean, there's two uh, there's two very different schools of thought there, and I think that whether or not you want to blame Mac Jones and say that he doesn't, you know, has no right to be frustrated, I disagree there. He has a right to be frustrated. Anybody who's frustrated at work has a right to be. But at some point... You know, at some point, you got to do something about it. Yeah, you got to take the offense into your eye. You got to do something. And I think he tried to. I think he tried to win that Vegas game, and it failed. Like I said, I think ultimately that is a losing proposition for Mac Jones. But if he is proven right, I, there's nothing I can say. Here's what I'll say about Julian Edelman because I'd love to know what he thinks of Bill Belichick's performance because mm-hmm. I know he's a Belichick guy. Um, Bill Belichick, as we stated earlier, is number one, two, and three reasons why the Patriots are where they are right now. It is his fault, and he told me to blame him, and I am. It is his fault, and he is the ultimate reason why they are where they are. So you can talk all day and night about Mac Jones and the demonstrative emotional displays on the sideline or wherever on the field. Not good, but ultimately, it's where it's, it's Bill Belichick. And as to why the Patriots are where they are. And those people that make those comments about Mac Jones better be willing to make those same comments about Bill Belichick because that's what's up right now. Yeah. Belichick put them in this position. All right. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Let's uh, take a call before the break. JP, an MP, my guy. What's up, JP? I can in the afternoon. This is unbelievable. I just turned the radio on. You're on air already. That's right. It's a permanent thing. Talk to me. Well, I'm here now. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, if you've well, been nothing. listening, JP, if you've been listening to the station for the last couple of weeks, I don't know. Nothing's permanent. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what, what's that even mean? Horses at the casino, and it's topsy turvy world. It's like uh, the movie there where uh, uh, Ghostbusters. Animals are coming out of the earth. Everything's changing. Yeah. So I can in the afternoon. It's a little old school, but we could go Mago and the and the Christian maybe. I don't know. But congratulations to hear you on here. That's a great gift for the for the holidays. And uh, I love it. All right, JP. Thanks for the call. It's very nice of you to say. Uh, I think that puts a lot of pressure on me <laughs> if the show is called Mago and the Christian. Like I'm the Christian. Like that's that's a lot. I don't know if I'm the Christian. There was already a guy named Christian here who had way more Twitter followers than me. So if I'm the Christian, what's Fourier? <laughs> like what? You know what I mean? Like that's tough. And uh, you know, it's right around Christmas too. I don't know if me going by the Christian is really appropriate on Jesus's birthday. No, here, you know, he, I mean, it's kind of a frowned upon. There. Yeah, I think it would be anyway. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. But you I are love a that guy. In Sunday mass. That's though. true. I was the reverend for many yeah. many years. Uh, reverend Arkian in the Sunday service. But uh, a big thanks to JP and MP. He's an old school uh, caller and uh, great listener, great guy. So uh, there you go. All right, six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven is the phone number. We're cruising into the final hour here. Arcan and Don Darrow taking you up until 6 on Sports Radio WEI. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.